Thank you so much for joining us on another edition of Tifosi Football Radio. My name is Christian Baldanza DiTacchio. And this is Giuliano Caleri. And it is Monday, January the 3rd. Once again, thanks so much for joining us. Happy New Year to everyone. Felice Anno Nuovo. Happy New Year. To all of our listeners, uh, we're back. It's 2022. It's a new year. Uh, Mercato is open, Giuliano. Yes. The, the rumors, the media, the agents. It is just absolutely crazy right now. Especially in Toronto. Um, <laughs> Um, where, where do you want to start? Because there's so much that we've. Well, let's about. let's well, start. So much going. Let's start with the team that's making the biggest moves in the mercato this year, and it's none yep. other than Toronto FC, yeah. our hometown team, yeah. uh, linked with Lorenzo Insigne, Andre Bellotti, Domenico Crescito, just to name a few names. It's uh, ridiculous. It's ridiculous how many it's, names. Yeah, it's great. What do you what do you think about this? And it, well, <laughs> and is well, it going to be good for TFC? Well, I mean, we know we know the Lorenzo Insigne is eighty five ninety. I would say ninety percent done because the uh, Bill Manning is going to be in Rome on uh, Friday, and he's going to be meeting with Lorenzo Insigne and his agent to discuss this astronomical move. So the rumored fee is. 11.5 million euros per season. Uh, so you, if you want to convert that to Canadian dollars, it's significantly a lot more than 11.5 million. Plus 3.5 million euros, I believe, per season in uh, bonuses. That will be easily attainable. So it's, it, it's basically this is how he's going to see out his career. Um, he's 30 years old. Uh, put it this way. He's... He's making on his current contract, which is due to expire in June, 5 million euros per season with Napoli, and they won't even offer him that. I think the best they've offered is 3.5 or 4 million euros per season to stay with Napoli. They, uh, yeah, they undercutted his contract. He's pretty much not having it. A Napoli born and bred boy, and, th- yeah. and they don't want him there anymore, essentially, with that offer. I- I'm still having a hard time digesting it. I understand the excitement for the Toronto FC fans. Selfishly, I'll tell you, I'm excited that he's coming, not because he's going to be playing for Toronto FC, but because he is no longer going to be on the national team. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is the actual reason why I am excited. And yeah. I know there's a lot of Napolitano listeners out there that are not going to be happy that I made those comments, but let's face it. Lorenzo Insigne, to me... Um, I mean, we were talking about it uh, amongst our group of friends, talking about Insigne coming to Toronto FC. To me, the guy has been overrated. Uh, when it comes to the big games, he do, he's never shown up. I think I said the only the only big game I ever saw Lorenzo Insigne show up to was the Italy-Belgium game in, in the Euro. Yeah. He's, he, he's a very frustrating player. Yeah, very frustrating player. Is he gonna is he gonna blow up this league? A hundred percent. I mean, the quality, the golf and quality is crazy. So he's gonna look a lot better i mean sebastian jovinko who was a guy that struggled for time in the city ah came and tore this league apart and that's a guy that couldn't find time uh, couldn't find but time you, anywhere in city ah to be you honest know what I, you. but i would argue though jovinko for me was a more skilled and talented player than lorenzo insignia was at at 30 years old for me okay I think I think jovinko was a way better player than insignia is insignia has his uh qualities he has a certain yep. way of playing but for me, Jovenko, yeah, was just better. And it just didn't work out for him in City at the time just because maybe the league was a little bit better. The team he was on, Juventus at the time, he couldn't crack into the squad, had a yeah. successful stint at Parma, then went back to Juve. So I just think it never uh, worked out for him in City. Yeah. No, uh, it didn't. But doesn't think... deny his talent, though, Jovenko, no. at all. I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not trying to knock Sebastian Jovenko down because he's an absolute legend on this side of the pond um i think the move to toronto fc made more sense for sebastian Jov- a guy like sebastian jovinko yes doesn't make sense for a guy like lorenzo insigne but what's yeah that's the amazing thing so lorenzo insigne in the prime of his career coming off arguably one of the best seasons he's ever had uh including the euros right and yeah. there's not a team really pushing for him in europe that that sends alarm bells for me that's that, that's the first thing I thought of too. First, Napoli giving him the you know the cut rate offer three and a, three and a half million, and then on top yeah. of it, nowhere 
in Europe, not Spain, Germany, England. Nobody wants to give them. Something. There's no solid rumors like in Insignia anywhere. Yeah. And so I find that, I find that, you know, it kind of reinforces our beliefs towards him the way he's been, you know, performing this season. Is a prima donna. Yeah, he's he's always been that player that's uh, never been able to take it to the next level, right? No, it's always been his biggest uh, problem. Yeah, but you know, for me, footballing terms, I you know, yeah, he's gonna have a lot more space. He's gonna he's a creative player. Now TFC is there way too many creative players in that team. Put Swallow yeah, in, in there, Sotelo's in there, the Venezuelan. Sorry if I got his name wrong. You haven't seen any rumors of Jovenko coming back. Yeah. Which I think is I, I can I can pretty I think it's a done deal. I think Jovinko's coming back. They just haven't announced it yet because he's not going to be on a DP, uh, a designated player contract. Yeah. So it's it's an the, interesting move anyway. It is an interesting move. Toronto FC very top heavy, mm-hmm. um, very top heavy. Very I would say very 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 slim in the back now. If this happens, um, but what I, so but. Yeah, go. go. So, but what about Balotti, Crescito, though? Let's not forget them two that are being. Well, liked. Andrea Balotti, I don't think is coming. I think yeah. that's just. I think that's just rubbish. And uh, if you're like, if you're a guy like Andrea Balotti and you're trying to reignite your, well, no, I'm not saying reignite your career, but you're trying to prove that you belong in the La Nazionale. Like you're the Italy number two right now, whether we like it or not, as the number nine, and you kind of want to take the mantle off Chito. If I'm Andrea Balotti, that's what I want to do. I want to prove I'm the better option. And get another opportunity with the Azzurri, going to the MLS is not the way to go. I don't think it's going to happen. I know there's rumors that AC Milan is looking at him. I think he's going to go to Milan. To be honest with you, I yeah. think that it's the. I think it's such an easy path for him to go through because I mean you got Zlatan who's you know a lot older. You got uh, Olivier Giroud who's at the tail end of his career. Then you bring a guy in his prime in Andrea Bellotti. It's just it's a perfect fit for him there, and he'd be crazy. Uh, to come on the, to this side of the, of, uh, of the world when an opportunity like AC Milan awaits you. Yeah, I, I agree. And what about Crescito too? Uh, Crescito I could see coming. Um, he's I mean, on the tail end re- of his career, right? He's on the tail end of his career. He's 36 years old. Uh, this, is, this is the league that when you're 36 years old and you want one more big contract, this is where you come. That's, that's basically the reputation that the Major League Soccer has. Um. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing Crescito in the, in a Toronto FC uniform. I mean, that would basically help out with the defensive problem that I clearly see back yeah. there. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, I mean, that's, the, that's, that's how MLS is seen. It's seen as your last big payday. Like, uh, the, I, figured, I think it was the Corriere dello Sport or it was Italian media was interviewing Gianluigi Buffon, who's 44 years old and playing with Parma. He's got one more year left on his contract after this year, and he's talking about doing one more hurrah in Mexico or in MLS. So that basic, so that's he's going to be 45, 46 years old, and he's going to come over. He wants to come over and play on this side of the world. What does that basically tell you? Yeah, yeah, it, it shows MLS is kind of a retirement league still, although it's gotten a lot better, obviously. It from, has gotten a lot better. I'll it, give it that, doesn't I'll get give the it respect. That. It does not get the respect it deserves. No, it does not get the respect it deserves. But if Toronto FC does, when Toronto FC confirms Lorenzo Insigne, his coming, when they yeah. confirm that contract, uh, he'll be coming in. He'll June. be coming halfway through the season. Yeah, that's he'll be the, coming halfway through the mm-hmm. season. He'll be exhausted. What, 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 where you, Italy stands, uh, we don't know yet. So he could be, he might, he might be burned out in June. And if Italy's not going to the World Cup, he's got no morale. He's got nothing to play for. Yeah. Um, even you, though I said he shouldn't be on the national team anymore, with Roberto Mancini, we probably still will be, whether we like it or not. Yeah. Um, do you yeah, think? It's just. Do you think ahead. he adapts to our uh, Canadian culture here? Absolutely not. I think he's going to be one. It's going to be one season and done with him. Yeah. He's uh, just what he demands. The kind of character that we hear that he is um, in the dressing room, in the locker room. Uh, I just think he's going to come in. He's going to play in this league for a season. He's going to be, what did I get myself into? And he's going to try and push a way out. Yeah, I could see that happening, especially he's 
Napolitana born and bred, like we already said. And yeah. and the culture there is so strong. It um, is. Never mind. The weather's beautiful too. The, there. Yeah, the weather, the food, just the way you saw the way he carried himself in the Netflix documentary about Italy's Euro run, the way he was the leader in the team. Yeah. Uh, you know, the little little jokes you can make in Italy between the north and the south the you know the type of music you listen to for instance you're not going to get that in Toronto the people of Toronto aren't going to understand right his teammates in Toronto won't understand what any of that means so it's going to be interesting to see how he adapts in a completely new environment it's going to be a completely foreign environment and what kind of support he gets I know at Jovinko he was able to adapt a lot easier because a lot of the Italian Italian community came to him right and it seems like they're trying to do that with uh Insignia as well, but I feel like yeah. for him, it, it's going to be a lot tougher because he really hasn't left Napoli in <laughs> in a long time. He's never been outside no. of Italy, right? Period. No, exactly. I want to ask you this question though. Yeah. So all these rumors, the Toronto FC's linked to Insignia, Crisito, Bellotti. Everybody's Italian. Yes. Why? Why are they only targeting Italians? Because it's the it's the tried and tested formula that's already worked and they're trying to do it again. They want to create that hype again, mm-hmm. I think, uh, for the team. Right. And they did it with Jovinko. You got another star, a Euro star, a guy that won one of the biggest international tournaments and you, and you can bring him, bring him in for, uh, for a few years. I think it's a good thing. It's a, it's a positive move for TFC, whether it's going to be good on oh. the footballing side of things, we'll see. But for me yeah. personally, if they can pull off a Bellotti, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think that's honestly the better signing football-wise. But yeah, um, yeah, it's just for me, that's why they do it. Because it's been done already with Jovanko, and they're trying to replicate it again. Get yeah. that uh, momentum where it was lost with the new management when it came in. They, that new, the new management came in, dismantled everything, and made it a mess. They want to go back to, back to the way it was a few years ago. But yeah. what, I, what I find amazing, I don't think ever an Italian international history have we seen <laughs> two players being linked with uh the mls before yeah I've, crazy. I've never seen and in the prime of their careers as well i've never seen anything yeah. like this coming from the azuri it kind of shows you no disrespect against mls it has come a long way but it kind of shows you <laughs> how far the azuri have dropped uh in terms of in terms of our players because this would have never happened you know in, in the past no no, I mean, uh, I mean the last Italian. Well, before Jovinko, I mean, I remember when Toronto FC first came into existence in the MLS in 2006. Uh, there were rumors going around, and I don't know how concrete they were, but there were actually reports in the papers that Toronto FC was their first Italian was going to be Christian Vieri, and here's this was a guy that was his he was finished at that point, absolutely yeah. finished, like nowhere to go, and he's he scoffed at it. Yeah. He scoffed at it. This is a guy that had nowhere to go, uh, was probably in his worst form in, that he's been in his life, and he said, no, I'm still not going to MLS. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it was a different time, but... Yeah, but I'm, I'm just trying... Yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. goes to show you like the, the difference, right? Like a guy, like, like a washed-up... Superstar. <laughs> yeah. Superstar in Christian Vieri, but now we fast-forward to 2022, and we're bringing in guys that are in the current nat or rumored to bring in guys that's in the current national team, Euro Cup champion, uh, hoping to go to a World Cup and Lorenzo and Senior, like it's crazy. Yeah, like so it's two edges. I think yeah, like we said, it, it shows kind of maybe uh, it's already kind of on a downslope. Maybe City A doesn't have the pull it quite does, but MLS is showing now it has a pull to it if it can draw guys like this over. Yeah, of course. Right. Of course. But anyway, that's TFC. The The biggest players on the Mercato anyway. Yeah. There has been a few transfers already made. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Icone from Lille to Fiorentina, $14 million. That's been the biggest move. That's uh, a great move. So great far, what do you move. think about that move? Yeah. I think I think it's a great move. It helps Fiorentina. Uh, shores up a weak spot for them, I think. And uh, I think he's going to – I think he's just going to – he's going to come in and play right away. I really do. Um I think Fiorentina they look great, and uh, another thing on their on their part, Dusan Vlahovic is now not ruling out an extension with Fiorentina. So, yeah, for him, it's a matter working. of it's a matter of making Europe for him. If they make Europe, he's staying. I, yeah. I mean, Champions League Europe, but it has to be Champions League. Uh, yeah, that's the biggest thing. They have a chance to keep him, but if they don't, yeah, he, he'll be gone. If they don't, yeah. and he's yeah. pretty much said it through his own words as well, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so that's one of the many. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was so another move was Sampdoria loaned out Fabio Diapoli to Hellas Verona, who, you know, it, it kind of shores up their defensive positions. He's more of an offensive defender, though. Uh, but yeah. so that's that's kind of a signing that was made on the right side. He plays uh, one of your boys. I think you mentioned him, an up and coming star in uh, City, uh, Matteo Lovato, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Have you talked about him? Yeah, Matteo Lovato has yeah. gone to uh, Cagliari from Cagliari, Atalanta. Yeah, but. Another guy that I talked about has gone to Cagliari as well, Eduardo Bove from Roma. Yes. Or no, uh, sorry, Calafiori. Calafiori, yeah. Calafiori went to uh, Cagliari on, on a dry loan spell, which is, uh, hey, that's... It's interesting. Cagliari's, They're going with the youth to try and... Cagliari's taking all these youth players. It's, it is They might save themselves yeah. with this interesting move, right? Yeah. Another kind of... Uh, it's not a big move. He's he he was Michael. I don't know how to pronounce his last name in French, but Cousiance. I don't know. He plays at Bayern. Transferred yeah. to Venezia for uh, four point five million. Yes, that's an interesting move. This was supposed to be a superstar in the making at the youth level for uh, the French, and he kind of was a bust at Bayern. Never fulfilled his potential. Now he's in Venezia. Yeah. So, are you excited about this signing for Venezia? I think Venezia is just getting stronger and stronger. They're they're going to be a thorn in anybody's side. They're just they're, yeah, they're shoring up. I think they're shoring up. Uh, they're shoring up uh, players. I mean, they're bringing and these are these are quality players. Yes, he he was t- t- termed to be a superstar in the making, but I mean, that I wouldn't take anything less on when it comes to reputation for him because he still has a lot to prove. And uh, it's just a great move. And uh, it's good to see a team like Venezia splashing the cash to, to, to make this happen. Yeah. And then Genoa kind of trying to shore up their defense, signing oh, a Champions they've... League player, Sylvain Hefti, Swiss Swiss uh, international from the Young Boys for $5 yeah. million. Kind of a solid yeah. under-the-radar signing. Yeah, he played in all the, I think, all the Champions League games minus one. And he, he was pretty effective. Young Boys, we know how to... No, they didn't advance to the next rounds, but they put up a solid performance and are in the Europa League now. So, Genoa signing hefty. The, Genoa is actually bringing in a lot of reinforcements. There's actually uh, another deal that they just that uh, that's been announced about a couple hours ago uh, that they're bringing in some uh, much needed attacking reinforcements. Uh, they're bringing in an old name. Uh, they've uh, reached an agreement with Hertha Berlin and Christoph Piontek. Sounds yes. like he's coming back with. Uh, <laughs> On a on a loan deal with an option to buy for seventeen million, I can't believe the guy's only twenty six years old. So, I know. guy came into Genoa, had a friggin' crazy half season, went to Milan, was a total bust, and he's now he's struggling in Germany. <laughs> Can he revive his career, Jules? No, <laughs> no. But we'll see. Okay. We'll see. We'll see what he can do. Yeah, we'll, we'll see, see what, what he, can, he do. can do. It's not official yet, but most likely will happen. Right? It's like ninety yeah. percent over the line most likely will happen i want to get your thoughts on before we go to the next one i want to get your thoughts on this on the on the reports i mean obviously nothing is done yet but the big a lot of new out that alvaro morata is trying to force a way through to uh to uh barcelona it, it the move makes sense for them i'll explain why it's because they don't want to pay the 40 million uh transfer fee if they yeah. keep him for the other year that's what it is so they want to ship him off before they pay for it they don't think he's worth 40 million obviously yeah uh, let, let barcelona deal with that so i think it's a good piece of business get him off the books he's not worth that he he doesn't put up the numbers uh to be worth that 40 mil so what they're going to try and do it seems like is uh bring any card they're being linked with the card <laughs> how do you feel about that I don't mind. Honestly, I think it's a good piece of uh, business if they do get it done. The rumor is two million for the loan fee, and yeah. then it's not it's not a a loan to buy. It's just a s- straight loan. Yeah. If they like them, I think they can uh, negotiate. I think the fee was around twenty million, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. For Icardi, and we know what Icardi brings. He's uh, in the box, one t- two touch finisher, very simple, but gets the job done. Uh, yeah. Almost better than anybody in the world when it comes to finishing a ball he's he's right up there so i think if Juve can turn it's it's low risk you bring him in if he's a success it's beautiful you got a guy that's scoring goals banging them in no problem if he's a bust you're not tied to him he's gone he goes back to psg so 
I think if they can pull off that Icardi uh, deal, it would be it'd be good for them. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So there's just, I mean, the rumors keep. Yeah, there's there's other rumors uh, along with Juve, Dybala, the contract renewal yeah. issues there. What do you think about that? Ah, do you think I mean, do you think they should keep Dybala? Well, if Allegri loves Paulo Dybala, Paulo Dybala is in every single Allegri plan. So I think if they're going to run with Allegri, they're going to have to f- renew Paulo Dybala to keep him happy. But would you? Would I do it? Would you keep no. him? No. What has the guy proven in the past, in how many years he's been there? Uh, not much. I mean, he's had, a, a, I think, two good seasons in his entire stint there. He's injury yeah. prone. Yeah. He is not, uh, I think, the leader they were hoping he'd be. No. I mean, like, yeah, he has his moments, but... He's replaceable. For the money that's going to be asking, his side's going to be asking from Juve for this contract. You know, I'd say it's time to part ways. I think it's um, time to part ways too. Unless he takes a drastic pay cut. Because <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't even pay him what they're currently paying him. So no. I think it's time It's time to ship him off. I think Dybala, what is he, 28 now? So yeah, it's time, it's time to, to move on. It's time to move on from the Dybala era. That's it. Yeah, they should have cashed in when, the, when Barca was hot for him. But yes, they should have. It's okay. It is what it is. You live and learn. And if they suffer, I'm not. I'm not too uh, unhappy about that. Yeah. Um, w- the big one for Inter that I want to talk about is it looks like you guys are shoring up your are in the process of shoring up your goalkeeper for next season. Yes. Um, looking, you're, you're signing uh, Onana from Ajax. What are your thoughts yes, on that? That's the big rumor. Uh I think he's a young, exciting goalie. I yeah. It would be a good signing, no doubt about it. Uh, so I'm I'm all for it, to be honest. Handanovic, he's he's actually been pretty decent this year, Handanovic. Uh, yeah. So it's hard to say he needs to go. Last year, you know, we were calling for him to leave, but this year he's kind of he's he's been playing better. So, but if that transition, if if Handanovic to get us eventually move him on because he is up there in age, Onana I think is a is a more than adequate replacement. Oh, 100%. He's done uh he's done absolutely fantastic with uh with Ajax and uh he deserves to go on to a bigger better club and I think that uh I think that Inter is the perfect fit for him. No, I agree. I agree. And I know your team Roma. <laughs> What's going on with Zaniolo there? Oh, well, I mean, uh it looks like we might there's reports out there that we might put him on the market in the summertime because Contract talks have hit an all-time standstill, um, and uh, so he's his contract right now runs to 2024. So I mean, we don't have to sell him now, but it looks like they want him. It looks like they, you know, sign the extension with us or, or get out, kind of thing. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing I like about the Friedkins, right? I mean, they've invested so much money into this Roma team to get this Roma team, you know, back up to balance, back up to snuff, and. Uh, you know they don't take they don't for for an ownership group they really don't take any crap eh? they they don't they don't bow down to players and their demanding wages um most of the time i mean you could argue for Tammy Abraham but that's another story um <laughs> was Zanaiolo, though i mean he obviously i think he's demanding quite a bit obviously he thinks he's a superstar he wants to be a superstar hasn't backed that up so the free kids are saying, you know what? You don't want to sign with us? We'll get ready in the summer. We'll get you off the books, and we'll find someone else. And do you back that though? Do you ha- are you as a Roma fan? Are you happy with that? Well, that you'd cool- be letting go of a a player you guys heavily invested in. Uh, you paid a, a pretty dime for him, and to what, let him Roger go for Nangolan? and to let him go for nothing. Uh, honestly, if the guy doesn't want to be there, what's the point in keeping him? What's the point of keeping him? And you've been one of the biggest critics for Nicolo Zaniolo, and I'm starting to I'm starting to drink the Kool Aid that you're drinking because, and the guy's it's good. blown it's the guy's blown both his knees already, and he hasn't done anything this season. He scored his first goal in 517 days not too long ago. Like, he hasn't. I, he's yeah, not he hasn't. He hasn't done anything. He's a he's been a bust. Yeah, he, he is young. He is young. He can revive his career, no doubt about it. You never want to, you know, hamstring anybody that early on. No, I think so too. But if you if you want to revive your career, put your head down and go to work and do it. Stop complaining about money and wanting superstar wages 
when you haven't proven that you're a superstar yet. Exactly. And that that's what made me question Zaniolo's uh, commitment to the game. Yeah. Is he's acting like a superstar before he's done anything. Absolutely. He's, he's done, like we said, absolutely nothing in his career. He gets called up to the national team for doing nothing. It's uh, insane the treatment he's he's been getting. We protect this guy for for what reason? When we've had so many, you know, talented youth players that deserve call ups and they get overlooked, uh, you know, for players such as him. Um, yeah, you could see this from a mile away. His his attitude uh, to it, it never seemed right to me. Uh, so we'll see what happens anyway at the, at, at the end of it all. If Roma do end up uh, signing him, but I could I could only imagine though. Mourinho won't be too happy. Uh, for one, they're struggling to convince guys to leave the Premier League to come to Serie A. And yeah. two, if he starts to lose now some of his uh, big names in the team, I think Mourinho, that's going to... You're going to start seeing some fisticuffs in the in the, uh, yeah. in the Roma back staff room. Well, listen, like he even said, though, in the interviews that we're not going to do anything drastic in January. I mean, we might shore up a player here, a player there, and it looks like they're looking in the midfield. I mean, there's so many rumors going around um, about shoring up, getting another piece or two for the midfield, which is okay, which is fine. Um, I know they're invested heavily in getting, um, oh, I forget his name. He's in uh, the Bundesliga with uh, Hoffenheim, Florian, uh, Florian Grilich, Gril- 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 I think. Oh, Grilich. The uh, Austrian forward there. Yeah, they're looking to get yeah. Florian Grilich there, and so he's he's a free agent uh, after this season. And uh, Roma are heavily invested in bringing him in next season. Uh, I know that uh, that there have been discussions about possibly bringing him in now, mm-hmm. but uh, Hoffenheim want thirty million now. It's like, well, we'll wait six months then and sign him in the summer. Yeah. So there's, I know they're, they're looking at that's see what they're trying to do. Like they're not, they're thinking more so for the summer. They're not thinking for, for the winter time. They're going to shore up a piece here or there. I've seen rumors about a few different players from the premier league coming. Nothing's really concrete yet in my opinion. So mm-hmm. I think we'll, I honestly with if Roma, I think they, they'll bring in a player or two, nothing drastic. I think the big thing is they're offloading all their dead weight. Uh, Brian Reynolds has gone on loan to Belgium. Uh, with uh, I think it's a loan with an option to buy. So we'll, you know, I think that's a good place for a guy like Brian to go because uh, called mean, he, him out too as a bust. Yeah, he. Uh, <laughs> he yeah, he's just been uh, it's been it's been a real struggle for him since he moved yeah. over from FC Dallas. So, I mean, I think Belgium's a good spot for him uh, to kind of revive his career, get confident. And maybe it works into a permanent deal, which is something I hope. I just don't think he's ready for a team like Roma at this point in his career. I don't know if he'll ever be ready for a team like Roma um, in his career. And also, it uh, looks like we're going to be releasing David Santon too. We're, gonna, we're just working out uh, the details of releasing him because nobody wants to pay the transfer fee for him. So it's like, all right, get out and uh, go f- go sign somewhere as a free agent. Maybe Toronto FC will go- come knocking on the door for maybe. him too. Or Napoli with Juan Jesus there, his best buddy. Uh, it's true. That's true. I didn't think about that. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Um, but yeah, that, that's pretty much all the rumors, no? That's that, I, I would say for the most all, part. I would say that's all the rumors. But I want to talk about I want to talk about the big thing with you. What's going on with the media, Jules? Yeah, Romelu Lukaku. Yes. I need to get your thoughts on this because this guy is uh, this guy's a little pots, man. So now, <laughs> had that interview, that controversial interview came out. Uh, in Sky Sport Italia, uh, him talking about uh, he loves it. He first of all, he apologized to the fans. Uh, he, he was talking about how upset he was that Antonio Conte left. Uh, clearly voicing his uh, dis his uh, non satisfaction with uh, being at Chelsea and saying that he w- saying I will be back at Inter one day. And so, like. The guy got up and ran, pretty much, in my opinion. Like, wh- what are your thoughts on this as a as an Inter fan? Like, hearing you know, this now, I, I think he is a guy that only thinks about himself. Yeah, and he doesn't care about anything else. It's Lukaku first; everything else is secondary. I can't tell you how many pictures 
he has on the internet of kissing the team badge of every team he's played on yeah, and saying this team is in his heart. So it's not the first and last time he said a club like Inter is in his heart. So those words mean nothing. Yeah, but now he's talking about like he changed his profile on Twitter. It's, it's all I know. Now. I, it's stupid. It, it, it's a, it is a bit crazy now. And he got he got sent to the stands in the last game uh, Chelsea played. I mean, yes, he was a success at Inter. Terrific two years. Conte turned him into a superstar and all that. And he won a Scudetto after 10 years. All Inter fans should be thankful for everything he accomplished there. Like, I have no ill feelings towards him. He left He left here the way he did. He chased money. He can say he did and all he wanted. He, he got offered bigger money at Man City, but he decided to go to Chelsea. He can, he can say all those things. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, he chased money. If he really loved Inter and loved the Italian lifestyle, he would have stayed. Yeah. And that's it. And he wouldn't have uh, he wouldn't have left. I know there there also was external circumstances that made the transfer probably accelerate because Inter did they you know they needed the funds because mm-hmm. of the amount of debt they're writing. So I can understand that as well, um, which is more reason to why he won't be coming back. But uh, he he chased money, even though Inter was in the situation they were in. You knew the second that those contracts were being waved in front of him, he was going to leave. Oh, and yeah. it wasn't even a second thought, Milan, when he was getting on that plane to head over to England. Uh, he can say, oh, I wanted to win my first Premier League. That was his motivation. I wanted to do with my, the, you know, Chelsea, the team he pretty much grew up with. So he can, he can say all those things. But at the end of the day, Lukaku puts Lukaku first. And he will walk over any club or anything to, to be to be a success and i guess maybe that's the way you have to be in uh in pro football but i don't know i'm i'm impartial to it yeah yeah well i can only imagine what you're feeling if you're abramovich you spent 150 billion euros oh that, like if i'm <laughs> if i'm a chelsea fan i'm livid i'd say <laughs> see you later yeah. i i think you're i think he's the biggest waste of money ever if i'm a chelsea fan yeah. For an inter, as an inter, as an inter friend, Marata summed it up the best. We sold Lukaku for whatever, 100 million plus, and we brought in Jekyll for free, and the results on the field haven't changed. <laughs> it's been yeah. the same. It's he true. summed it up the best. And that's how I feel. Yeah. I don't feel any ill towards him. He did what he had to do. Whether he's doing it the correct way or not, that's, that's his way of, uh, way of doing things. But he has a track record of doing this, is what yeah. I'm trying to get at. So, Absolutely. Uh, it's not the first time he's disappointed fans in England. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Definitely not. So that's Romelu Lukaku. Before we move on, though, there's a big there's a big news piece that came out just before the new year, uh, and that is that Salernitana has a new owner. Yes, Lotito <laughs> lost his. He lost his shit. He <laughs> was pissed. He lost his. Not only did he lose his shit, he lost his shirt. He lost um, his shirt. So, he lost so, his. He lost everything. So Zalernitana gets new ownership. The total sale of the club uh, sums up to 10 million euros. Oh, my uh, God. Claudio Lotito furious about this because he was expecting around 70 million euros. Yeah, after he uh, invested around 40 million in the club himself. Yeah, bringing them from scratch. And, oh, so that means Salernitana are going to they're gonna see out the rest of the season because they have a new ownership group. Yeah. Um. Who knows where this ownership group's gonna take them? I know the owners come out and said, "Oh, he wants Salernitana to be the new Atlanta." That's never gonna happen. Um, it's just, yeah, the, the, that's the good thing. I think Salernitana are in. They will see out their final days in Serie A in the 2022 <laughs> season. They won't in just style. default. Exactly. So, that, that's the that's the positive coming out of it. Lotito, he's a. Uh, he made a pretty stupid move in keeping on to them that long. He should have known to sell them earlier. I don't know what he expected to happen. I well, don't know how he expected to get $70 million when he was forced to sell. So, Well, when you're the owner of Lazio, to be an owner of Lazio, you got to have a few screws loose in your head. So, <laughs> so that's that. So one, one, one more story as well. The city officials, they set up a separate media outlet yep. to uh, as a platform where they can explain themselves for the calls yes. they make in the game. What do you yes. think about that? That's they're going to be the first league to to do it, I believe, in Europe. Yes. Well, we'll 
we'll see how that goes. I want to see how the first few go now, right? I mean, yeah, they're, they're going to get to cherry pick the questions I believe that get asked them because they control the platform, right? So anything they don't like, they'll be able to obviously exactly they'll, they'll be able to call the shots right and dictate exactly. the way things go but i think it's good transparency wise at least it kind For of sure explains things a little bit better explains what they're seeing yeah right so it'll be it'll be cool it'll be cool to see but let, let's see what the well, how the first few uh run-ins are with uh with that platform yes um so that sums up the mercato rumors and i mean it's only january 3rd and that's that's a lot of stuff. <laughs> it is, and there's gonna be a ton, ton there's more to ton come. Ton more coming. So, uh, so I want to ask you. I want to ask you a couple questions, quick. Yeah, go for it. I want to. What do you think is gonna be the biggest story, or who, who, which city ad team you think is gonna excel the most this season compared to, or sorry, for this year compared to uh, last year? And excel? I want to. And I, yeah, who's gonna exceed a punch above their weight? Who's going to punch above their weight? Who's going to, you know, maybe make a, a climb up the table? And I want, as well, you to tell me a team that's going to maybe take a dip and and do the opposite. Well, you know me. I'd love to say Roma, but I'm not going to uh, say that they're going to exceed expectations. Uh, there is a – I think a team that's – a team that's going to climb up the table – I really do, I, I, it, but it all depends on the, on the mercato too. I mean, that's that's a tough thing. Like, who's gonna go where? I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Fiorentina is gonna get into the top four. Wow, I think okay. They can do it. That's that's my team that's gonna exceed expectations. They're gonna get in the top four because they're gonna do anything they can to get Champions League football. And Dusan Vlahovic will stay. That's gonna be my prediction for the Italian team. I would say Sassuolo, but we there's a lot of rumblings that Scamacca's leaving. Uh, yeah, Scamacca's also linked with Juve, right? He yeah. Be so. so it's if if Sassuolo can st- can keep their guys, I think Sassuolo can make a push up the table, possibly the seventh. But for me, I can see Fiorentina finishing and f- sneaking into fourth place, and people like absolutely shocked by it if that happens i won't be shocked that's that's my bold prediction a team that i think is gonna dip uh and that's a team i think is gonna dip out of the top well there's two teams that i think are gonna dip big time uh and i think atalanta is the first team and milan is the second team i i don't think either team's gonna finish top four okay those are the two teams i see dipping how about yourself though Okay, so Fiorentina is your surprise package, and then Milan and Atalanta are gonna kind of yeah give way. You're gonna hate mine. I I think my surprise package for 2022 is gonna be Lazio. I think they're gonna finish the so? season. I think they're gonna finish the season strong. I think they're gonna be fighting for that fourth spot come rate right to match day 38. I really do. Okay. Um, Interesting. I really do, and. I think a team that's gonna take the uh, the dip soon is gonna be Empoli. I don't think they can keep up this run they've been on. Uh, I think they're gonna kind of go back to Serie B levels and slowly decline. I'm not gonna say they're gonna get relegated, but they're gonna drop kind of into that mid lower table uh, at the end of the season. Okay. Yeah. So those are my two. Okay. Interesting. I want. I want one. I want uh, I want to get two bold predictions for you, from you, for the year 2022. A bold prediction for a club team and a bold prediction for an international team. You let me know what your bold predictions are first. Okay. Here are my bold predictions. I got four of them. I'm going to start off internationally. Okay. Okay. Not only will the Canadian men's national team make the World Cup, the Canadian men's national team will make it all the way to the quarterfinals <laughs> for the World Cup in Qatar. Okay. That's my first bold prediction internationally. My second bold prediction internationally is Italy's going to rise out of the ashes and we are going to claim our fifth World Cup title in Qatar 2022. That playoff win to get us into the World Cup is going to light the fire under our ass and we're going to be a totally different team for Qatar 2022. Those are my two international prediction, bold predictions that I have. My two 
club bold predictions that I have is my first one, and a lot of people don't know this, but for the very first time in the history of the CONCACAF Champions League, we will have a Canadian Premier League team in the round of 16, and that is Forge FC. My bold prediction is Forge FC will make it to the final eight of CONCACAF Champions League, and it's going to be a mountain to climb for them, but I think they can do it. That will put Canada back on the map. Um, and that will give some great publicity for the Canadian Premier League. So I hope Forge FC can fulfill that for the 2022 Champions League. And my last club prediction is for the UEFA Champions League. I am 110% convinced by this club. And I'm going to make this prediction. They are going to be... They, to me, they're not really a surprise package. But they will be a surprise package to a lot of people that are caught in that Premier League bubble. And my bold prediction is Inter Milan are going to win the Champions League this year. Wow. A lot of positives for Italians. It continues into 2022, eh? Yeah. I think Inter is going to win the friggin' Champions League. I think Inter is going to shock Liverpool. And that's going to... People are not going to know what hit them. I think I think they could beat Liverpool the way Liverpool's going right now, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Look what Conte did, right? I know. I know. Right? Well, there you go. Those are my so, bold okay. predictions. What about I'll, yours? It's hard to make a bold prediction for City A because I think the table's pretty much going to end the way it did, uh, the way it is right now. I don't think anything's going to change drastically there. Um, So I'll kind of lean it towards the World Cup, I guess. Okay. I'm going to stick to what I said last year. I don't think Italy's going to come through. That's very bold. I think think we're going to have back-to-back World Cups with no Italy, with no Italia, and... uh, I hate to say that, but that's what I, I truly deep down. That's what I'm feeling right now. And uh, yeah, I can't think of a second one. Anyway, that that's my big that's my big one. Italy's not going to make the the World Cup. I don't think I can't really think of another one. No problem. To, uh, to so break. we're to- we're totally different on our, on our bold predictions because I'm <laughs> yeah. I can't fathom another World Cup without Italy. <laughs> that's why it's like no no no. It's this is our time. This is our time. I think the tide is turning for Italian football, um, both internationally and club-wise. So, yeah, I think I think we're we're Serie just the just calcio in general, Serie international soccer. We're we're back on the way up. Yeah, and we're coming for the Premier League. We're coming for the Bundesliga. We're coming for La Liga. La Liga's already on the way down anyway. So who cares about that? Um, but yeah, that that's. That's some. That's an interesting bold prediction. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, let's talk about. Let's get back into Syria, and let's talk about what's going to happen on Thursday, January the sixth. Yes. These back-to-back games, for one club in particular, are going to be massive. But oh, yeah. let's just talk about January the sixth. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's strange the way they're doing it too. Like yeah. we said, all the all the teams play in one day, uh, uh, for both rounds, right? Yeah, exactly. So it'll be interesting to see. But let's 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 start it off. It starts off with Bologna and Inter Milan. What do we think is going to happen here, Jules? I think Inter continues the momentum, and I think it's a it's a hard fought win for Inter. It'll be a nice offensive game. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Inter yeah. win this game. Uh, next up, Sampdoria Cagliari. Yeah, Cagliari, who we said is bringing up a couple of few uh, young players, right? Yeah. The team on loan. Yeah. Sampdoria actually releasing uh, Adrian Silva from yep. his contract uh, today, so going to be losing a midfield option there. But I think, I think Cagliari, this is where they're going to get. Uh, they're going to start the year off good, I believe. Yeah, I think so. They're going to be young, fast. Yeah, I think I think that brings into training more. Ex- I think bringing those young, fresh faces into training is going to bring excitement, competition. I think for it's sure. a good thing for for the squad because it for can't. Sure. It kind of became stale. Yeah, the squad. Did. So you're saying Cagliari win? I'm not going to go as far as a win, but I think they get at least a point out of it. Yeah, I agree. I think they're going to get a draw, and that's going to kind of start turning the tide for them. Next up, Spezia Verona. Spezia Verona. You tell me what you think. Well, I think uh, I think Verona's going to pick up where they left off. They've been they've been on fire 
since. Not, not good though in form in their last three matches though. That's Two okay. losses and a draw. Spezia is the way to bounce back. They've had two weeks. They've had a couple weeks off now for the Christmas break. They're going to come back. They're going to smash Spezia for me. So, Hellas Verona for the win for me. Yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, Verona should beat them. Just on quality alone. I think Spezia, yeah, they're not... They're not good enough yeah. for Verona. Yeah. All right, now you tell me about this next game. Because you kind of highlighted it in what you think is going to happen. Lazio Empoli. I know both of them. So I, I said yeah. Lazio is going to make that run up the table. Empoli is going to drop. I think Lazio, I think they're going to smash them here. Yeah. I think Lazio, what they have going for them is they have one of the most potent offenses in the league. Mm-hmm. They don't require a lot of shots to score goals. It's always been the defensive side of the game. And, and we know Sadi, his teams are slow to get going. And once they get going, they kind of become juggernauts. So I think that's why I'm picking Lazio to make that run. Okay. And I think uh, we're going to see things start to click a little bit better defensively for Lazio here. And I think they, they get it, not an easy one, but a, a victory nonetheless. Yeah. All right. I'm going to take, take your word for it. I'm going to say Lazio victory here. All right. Next up, Sassuolo Genoa. What do you think here, Sassuolo Genoa? Oh, it's a tough game. I mean, Genoa, I mean, Genoa shoring up their team a little bit, desperate to get out of the relegation zone. A Sassuolo team that's still got all their pieces intact. Um, because all their pieces in, are intact, I just think Sassuolo's got way too much quality for this Genoa team, and uh, they're just gonna run over Genoa like a freight train. I just yeah. I don't I know that Genoa's brought in pieces, but they just got there. A lot of them haven't even got there yet, so it's gonna be it's gonna be quite an adjustment for them. I think Genoa's gonna bounce back later, like as we, the season goes on, but uh, it's not gonna start now. So Sassuolo's gonna win this game for me. How about yourself? I got a question. Do you think Genoa score a goal in this game? Because Sassuolo haven't kept a clean sheet in the last 13 matches. So can Genoa... That's, I think they've scored one goal under Shevchenko. Do they get a second goal? Yeah. I think uh, I think they will. And I think it's going to be coming off the head of Mattia Destro. All right. I'll pick... Uh, saying that, I'm still going to pick Sassuolo. Because I think... Uh, although Shevchenko, he's kind of solidified the team. They're more solid. I just cannot... They get no shots. <laughs> so Nothing. I think Sassuolo, you might see, get their first clean sheet. I think they break that 13-game duck, and I th- and they score a goal to win it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, next up, Jules, Atalanta-Torino. What do we think is going to happen here, Jules? You tell me. You said Atalanta is kind of going to fall apart. Do you think it happens here? I 100% think it's going to happen here. I think Torino's going to start off the season strong. They're going to upset the world. And this is going to put Atalanta in that spiral. Atalanta's going to go down the table. And Giampiero Gasparini's going to be looking for a new club at the end of the season. <laughs> Holy smokes. Uh, I think I can see Atalanta kind of dropping a little bit, but I don't think it starts. I think uh, Atalanta, they'll get a few goals here. I think they'll be Torino. Okay. So I'm saying yeah. Torino. You're saying Atalanta. Next up, Milan-Roma. Let's preview this. So you tell me that the uh, <laughs> San well, Siro. Yeah, it's a way. It's a way. What's Roma, what's Roma have to do to beat Milan? A lot. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, and a lot. Um, it's going to be a tough game. It's, I don't think it's going to be like that Atalanta game at all. It's. Uh, I just think they're going to... I think I think Milan's gonna overrun us, but we gotta come out and we gotta hit them on the counter attack. That's just how we gotta do it. And I think if we can settle into our game and we can uh, we can get the ball off real quick on our counter attack, I think we can squeeze out something here. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think we can beat this Milan team. I really do, knowing that we're playing Juventus on Sunday. We gotta take one of these two games, and to me, yeah. I think I think Milan's the easier game to take. Wow! No disrespect to Milan fans. I just let me re- let me read out some stats here. Yeah, okay. Milan are without a clean sheet in the last four matches. Yeah, they've scored first in six out of eight of their games. Uh, Roma haven't lost a game in the last four matches. Okay, so. and they're first to score four out of their five uh, last matches. Let's see, so. So if Roma score that first goal, you think they can put Milan to the sword, essentially? 
Well, if they score that first goal, that would open Milan up, and then they would be able to score their second goal, and then they could try and shut it down. So, to me, I think Roma can do this. I believe. Where so, are these goals coming from, though? These goals are coming it, from Tammy Abraham. Is he back? He that injury wasn't uh, too serious. No, he was. Uh, he's fine. He. I know he got in a car crash going to training this morning. <laughs> he but, did. Uh, Actually, he did. Yeah. Hopefully, he's. I shouldn't laugh. Hopefully, he's. Yeah. He's fine. Yeah. Hopefully, he's okay. Um. If he's Those not Romans there, drive like lunatics, though. What's that? <laughs> Those Romans drive like lunatics, though. Man, they do, man. They do. He's definitely dotted the Roman way. If Tammy doesn't yeah. play, though, I mean, it's not the end of the world. I mean, Shomorodov will come in and fill in just fine. Um, because those are that's really the only other option. Because I know Borja Mayoral has COVID nineteen. Yeah. Um, and I think there's one more Roman player that does, but it's not at the top. So it's either going to be Zanaiolo and. Shomorodov or Zanaylo and Abraham and I think it's going to come either off Shomorodov or Abraham anyway so that's where I think the goals are going to come from for Roma we'll see but that that's what I think how about yourself uh myself I think I think it's going to be a pretty tough game for for uh Roma yeah they score a lot of goals Milan they do they score a lot of goals so I think that's what they got going for them uh First and foremost, I mean they have they have nine more goals than uh, than Roma do. The defense is very similar, but being at home, I think that's what's going to give Milan the edge. And I think Giroud or Zlatan, he's they're going to be the difference in this match. At the end of the day, that's my thoughts. But I think Roma is going to put in a good performance. Not to, I think they can possibly come out with a draw, but it's going to be harder for Roma than uh, Milan in this game for me. Oh yeah, definitely. But I think yeah. The, so we're on opposite end. There's here. a chance, though. There is a chance for Roma, yeah. no doubt about it. Of course. All right, that's AC Milan Roma. Next up, Salernitana Venezia. <laughs> what do you think, Salernitana, with their new ownership? Are they going to make a run? That means nothing. Venezia's going to win this game. How about for you? I think it's crazy to think Salernitana has more wins than Cagliari and Genoa. <laughs> yeah, that is crazy. Because uh, I don't even remember them winning uh, any games this season, but uh, Venezia, I think they're on a rotten run themselves. Actually, they're not uh, they're not doing too good of, of recent. Uh, can't defend, can't score, hovering in 16th place. I know there's quite a gap between 18th and 16th, but they do have to clean it up a little bit, or else they do risk dropping. Right. So this is a very important point. I mean, if if Salernitana do win, they're at 11 points, right, with Genoa. Yeah. Yeah, if Genoa if Genoa do drop, so they can start putting the pressure on. It's not like Salernitana's out and done yet. So not yet. Um, I'm gonna say this is gonna be a very cagey match, but Venezia. For me, they just edge it, but I, I'm gonna say a draw. I'm gonna say a draw, with okay. the slight advantage to Venezia, but a draw for me. All right. Next up is Fiorentina Udinese. What do you think, Fiorentina Udinese? This is the start of the surprise. Fiorentina are going to destroy Udinese. Udinese, are just a, they're just a stubborn team to beat. Um, I know they've had a recent change in management. I don't think that matters. Fiorentina can smell blood. And uh, they're just, when it comes to quality, Fiorentina are just, I think, on pa- even on, on paper and on the pitch, they're just, they're, there's a golfing class there. I think if yeah. Udinese gets a point here, Udinese wins this game. It's all on Fiorentina. Um, so I think Fiorentina wants to start the year off strong. I think they can taste that top four. They could definitely taste Europe for sure. Uh, the opportunity is theirs for the taking. So I think they're going to see this game as a must win, and they're going to win, and they're going to get a comfortable three points. How about yourself? Yeah, they Fiorentina have been good. I defeated in their last six. I agree. They're the stronger team heading into this fixture. Udine also releasing one of their forwards. So, uh, Forestieri, they released him. Um, yeah, strange. Which which was a strange one. Um, so, they've already kind of hamstrung themselves up top with already a depleted squad up top. So, I, I see them struggling to get goals in this match. And I see Fiorentina continuing this undefeated streak into seven games. All right. And finally, Jules, what do you think about Juve Napoli? I wonder if Napoli is going to 
chicken out and <laughs> try and get the game called off again. <laughs> yeah, it looks like that might happen again. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, go figure, eh? But uh, <laughs> a game with everything on the line, Juve win this. They're right up Napoli. <laughs> right yeah. up Napoli's uh, tails. So <laughs> what do you think is going to happen? Well, I just I, and, 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 and they're playing in turn, too. So Yeah, I just think with everything going on, I think with how Napoli's played, they've been in a serious dip. Uh, they won't even have Ozyman for this game. Because uh, out, out for COVID. He's not going to African Cup of Nations, but he is out for COVID. He, he had to pull out COVID. because of COVID. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the good news is he's not going. But the bad news is you don't have him for one of the biggest games of the season. And uh, I think that's going to hurt Napoli very much. Juve is just on a tear right now, and uh, they know that they need to win this game. They got to really pile on the pressure, and I think they're capable of doing it. I think they're going to win really ugly. I don't think it's going to be a beautiful game that they're going to put in. I think it's going to be a one nothing, 2-1 to one grind, and they're just going to play simple shutdown, Allegri football, and it's going to work this time around, and uh, Juve win this game. How about you? Yeah, I'm I'm leaning towards Juve uh big time because you read the the names that are going to be missing in the Napoli squad. Patania, yeah. Malqui, Oziman out with COVID. Alamas is out uh with COVID. Chucky Lozano's out with COVID. Um he may be back. They're questionable, but it looks like they may be out Kulabali's out. Uh, and I think Anguisa's out as well due to the African Cup of Nations, so Napoli's entire starting lineup is decimated. Yeah. Uh, Juve too. You look at their starting lineup; it's going to be affected. Leonardo Bonucci's out with a thigh injury; won't be back till late January. Uh, you have three players out with COVID: Kelini, Artur, Pinsolio, who's a backup goalie. Doesn't really matter. But up top, Moise Kane's out. Yep. May make it back in time, but he's questionable. And Adriano Rabiot as well is questionable. So both teams do have their share of absentees for this game. Yeah. But I've been saying this for a while now. Juve's been building up momentum, and once that that train gets going. There's no stopping it. Uh, 100%. They're, they're a freight train, these guys. And uh, I think this is where Juve, these are these games. I always talk about these games. You win these games, they give you the belief to make a run yeah. in the league. And if they defeat Napoli here, which I think they will, this is going to put them on 37 points, two points behind Napoli, and possibly in the top four, depending on what happens with Atalanta-Torino. Or sorry, uh, they'll be one point behind Atalanta still, if, even if Atalanta lose. Sorry, scratch that. But they'll be right up there with the with the uh, top four now. So this game's massive for Juve, and I think they they just get it across line this game, and they beat Napoli. I yeah. think hundred uh, percent, especially right. being at home. Napoli, yeah, it's going to be very tough for them this month. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. So that sums up the match day. On Thursday the 6th. We hope you all enjoy it. It's going to be exciting to be back. And I imagine we'll be back right after that for Sunday's games. Mm -hmm. So there's some big games coming up on the Sunday. So for all of our listeners, enjoy match day 6. That sums up today's... Or sorry, enjoy the matches on January the 6th. Not match day 6, sorry. And... uh, Enjoy the matches. Some real exciting ones there. Some mouth-watering games. Uh, what a way to come back for City. Ah, uh, it's a new year. Uh, a lot of these, a lot of these clubs want to start fresh. They want to forget the past and they just want to move forward and move on upwards. So we'll see how that goes. Um, stay tuned. There's a Inter don't want to forget the past. We want to keep winning. I know. We're gonna remember the past. Inter's gonna stay where they are. That's the, that's what they want. They want to sit pretty, and I think they will. But. Uh, Enjoy, so enjoy the games. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Stay up to date on our Twitter account, at Radio Tifosi, um, and uh, Instagram, Tifosi underscore football underscore radio, for any of the latest transfers or rumors going around. Uh, like I said, we're, we're only, it's only January the 3rd, and the rumor mill is flying. Yeah, it is so, flying. It really it, is. It's, it's absolutely crazy. And... Uh, we couldn't even touch on we couldn't even touch on half of them today. <laughs> yeah, that's how crazy yeah. it is. That's how crazy it is. So, uh, th- once again, thanks so much for listening, and until next time, ciao ragazzi. Ciao ragazzi. Yeah, yeah.